Hey, this is Danny with Second Wind Wisdom. And today is July 4th. I'd like to take a couple of minutes to wish a happy birthday to the good old USA. I've got a question for you. Do you think our founding fathers envisioned how great a nation we would become when they signed the Declaration of Independence 247 years ago today? As for myself, I think they did. Because our nation and the ideals that got her could only have come from inspiration from above. And I'm so thankful to be an American. And I believe that we live in the greatest nation to ever exist. An ongoing social and political experiment which has been tested time and time again and has risen to the challenge over and over. Do we have our share of problems? Sure we do. Can we do better? You bet. But change usually brings with it pain and uncertainty. And in order to continue moving forward and to remain relevant in a changing world, we have to embrace the change. So once again, happy Independence Day and God bless America. So today, I want to kick around the concept of truth, how we perceive it, and the challenges that we face in today's world in determining what is true and what is false. I want to talk about the influence of the media, and especially of social media, and discuss bias. And in a future episode, I would like to hit on the recent uptick in conspiracy theories that oftentimes seem so bizarre that they actually have me wondering if they might be true. Because you know what they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. With all of the access that we have in this day and age to 24-hour news and connections to people from all over the world through all of the various social media platforms, you would think that the world has become a smaller place, that our sphere of influence has widened and that we've begun to see ourselves as part of an ever-expanding community which is made up of individuals who all deserve respect and dignity and hope for a better life. But in reality, it seems like at this point, we aren't any better off than at any other time in history. As a matter of fact, I think it could be argued that we are worse off, that all of this digital noise is forcing us further apart and we're all being forced to retreat into our own corner. At the end of the day, we're still just a bunch of kids sitting in the cafeteria at school. Over here, we have the rich kids at one table. Back in the far corner, you can see the poor kids at another, and the jocks and cheerleaders are over there sitting by themselves as well. But at least in the cafeteria, kids all whisper in each other's ear. But on social media, we aren't whispering. We're shouting at the top of our lungs. Everyone can hear what we're saying, and everyone has their own opinion that they're shouting back across the cafeteria, and as a result, no one's happy, no one can agree on anything, and lunch just isn't all that fun anymore. 
And to top it off, with all the controversy and huge news stories that swallow us up, I'm left wondering what's going on that we aren't aware of because we're too distracted by all the noise. Is that by design? Or is it an unintended consequence of living in a modern digital age with instantaneous news and communication with just about anyone, anywhere in the world, all on a little device in our pockets? I don't know. And I'm not sure if I even want to know. But I do think it deserves some thought. Hey, and welcome back for another episode of Second Wind Wisdom. My name is Danny, and I'm glad to have you here. Before we go any further into today's episode, let me start by saying that I want to make it perfectly clear that my intent with this topic is not to cause controversy or to convince anyone else to think any differently than the way that they already do. There's enough of that mess already floating around out there and I certainly do not wish to add to it. My intent is to talk about my struggle, which I can't help but believe isn't unique. To discern what is true in this crazy and complex world that is constantly inundating me with information and exposing me to other people's opinions, which are more often than not contradictory and confusing, and in a lot of cases seem to be mean discriminatory and ignorant. If you like this episode and you have some thoughts or questions about what I'm talking about here, or if you have a suggestion for a topic that would be of interest to you, then please reach out, shoot me an email to secondwindpodcast.reply at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. This is all new to me. And I'm always looking for feedback or a fresh perspective on something that I've talked about. So thanks. I'll be checking my mailbox regularly. With the current situation in our society of extreme polarization, it's gotten so that most of the time, I don't even want to start a conversation with anyone if I don't already know where they fall on any number of hot button topics that seem to get people fired up. I think it would be good for me to maybe try to learn a few strategies that I could use to help me when I'm engaging with other folks who might hold different opinions from mine and may feel a lot stronger about theirs than I do about mine, all while trying to foster understanding and some sort of respect for someone else's opinions and beliefs. Because I don't believe that a peaceful coexistence is a fairy tale. So let's get on with it. Let's talk about truth. What exactly is truth? Well, philosophers, scientists, and thinkers throughout history have debated this question. But in my understanding, it all comes down to this. There are basically two types of truth, objective and subjective. Now, objective truth is pretty easy. This is something that can be verified to be true apart from anyone's personal beliefs or interpretations. An example of objective truth would be the statement, 
water freezes at zero degrees Celsius at standard atmospheric pressure. This fact can be tested and observed in controlled conditions and the results are always consistent no matter when or where you do it. It's not dependent upon anyone's interpretation or their perception of the data. On the other hand, subjective truth is shaped by our biases, emotions, and on the context in which we perceive and then interpret information. So an example of subject subjective truth would be this. Blue is the most beautiful color. Well, that's a subjective opinion. And while it may absolutely be true for the person who said it, it may or may not be true to anyone else, as beauty is always subjective and is influenced by a person's life experience, aesthetic tastes, and even by their cultural background. So the trick for us is to be able to tell the difference between an objective fact and a subjective opinion. And most of the news and information we're exposed to in today's world is subjective opinion. And unless we arm ourselves with knowledge and common sense, we'll all be walking around thinking that blue is the most beautiful color, when in reality, it's actually green. The constant bombardment by the media, the press, and social media platforms can significantly affect our ability to perceive truth. In the modern world that we live in, we have instant and unlimited access to information from a multitude of different sources from all over the planet. And while this can give us a sense of empowerment, it also presents us with challenges that are unique to our time. The sheer volume and speed of information that's constantly washing over us can make it difficult to discern the difference between what is accurate and what isn't. Today's media outlets operate 24 hours a day. I remember when I was a kid, when we had the five o'clock world news, and then the six o'clock local news, and then the 10 o'clock news, which was always pretty much a repeat of all the stories from the evening news, with maybe an updated weather forecast and some final scores from the sports guy. But now, when they have to fill 24 hours a day with content that resembles news, what are they supposed to do when there isn't a whole lot going on? Well, they create it. That's what they do. Today's news outlets are a driving force in shaping public opinion, as well as for the dissemination of information. They don't just report the news. They fill the time with commentary from their own anchors and panels of experts or retired officials who we are supposed to believe actually know what they're talking about. And all of this stuff actually infiltrates and affects the quality and accuracy of any of the actual news reporting that may or may not be happening. The reporters are only human, and so are the commentators and the experts. They all have biases and opinions of their own, and all of these facts work together to influence how the stories are framed and presented to us. Their perspectives and values can't help but influence the work that they do. And whether it's a conscious or unconscious decision, it's pretty safe to assume that they're all pushing their own agenda. 
Now let's talk about social media. Social media, in its own way, has forever complicated and changed the way that most of us interact with each other and with the rest of the world. Social media has, for the most part, become most people's main source of news and information, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or even Instagram or TikTok. Most of us hear about something from one or more of these platforms without ever needing to turn on a television, hearing it on the radio, or, heaven forbid, reading it in an actual newspaper. And don't get me wrong, social media can give a voice to a diverse multitude of people who otherwise wouldn't be heard. But it can also create what I've heard referred to as an echo chamber or a filter bubble which pretty much causes us to see only what we want to see or would tend to agree with. And this is because social media companies make their money by keeping as many eyeballs glued to their feed and by their ability to put ads in front of those eyeballs that will entice the associated fingers to tap on those ads. And they do this through algorithms that they've developed to tailor the content that we see so that it will align with our existing beliefs and cause us to want to stay engaged. And what this does is it creates a feedback loop that serves to reinforce our biases and instead of expanding our knowledge and worldview, it serves to create an ever more tightly defined and biased view of reality that we have to live in. And if we're not careful, we could all end up living in a digital fishbowl of our own creation. Sure, we get to pick the color of the gravel and choose the plastic plant in the center, but in the end, we're all still swimming around in circles, always looking up for the flakes to float down from above. So what does this all come down to? Information, misinformation, and disinformation all mixed together into an exciting and engaging beverage that's designed to make us want to just take that next sip. Now, none of us live under a rock, and I know that we've all heard the cries of fake news that are popular right now. A lot of people like to label something that they don't agree with, or that might make them look ignorant or show them in a less than favorable light as fake news. But honestly, there's a lot of fake news out there because very little of the information that we get is unfiltered or unbiased by someone else that it had to go through in order to get to us. If being a recipient of news and information were the food chain, most of us would be at the very bottom. Because of the race to get stories out and to fill each hour with engaging content, false or misleading information always makes it into our head before we know it. And as for social media, we're all addicted to the like and the share. And if enough people see it and like it and share it, then by the time it gets to you or to me, and we see all of these folks who've agreed with it already, then subconsciously, we probably want to lean toward believing that this particular piece of information is true. And there's so much information and it comes down so fast that it's almost impossible to keep up with any sort of fact checking. 
And even if we do, and want to try and set the record straight, we take the chance of a troll calling us out and of being called all sorts of demeaning names or labeled as this or as that. So what are we going to do with all this? Who's going to help us navigate this minefield? No one. Because it's up to each one of us as an individual to develop our own defenses so that we can see information with a critical eye and understand media biases as well as our own for what they are. We have to look at more than just one or two sources of news so that we can get a broader sampling of data in which we can use to decide between what's true and what's false and what's intentionally misleading or even manipulative. We have to learn to become an active participant in the process and not just a mindless consumer. You know, anyone can eat at a fast food joint and you're probably not going to starve to death by doing so, but you need to understand that the food they're serving you is meant to tickle your taste buds and make you keep coming back for more. It's not necessarily designed to keep you healthy or fit and trim. It's tailor-made to make you crave more. And we need to learn to look at media the same way. We have to learn how to tell the difference between an onion ring and a side salad and be able to choose the salad over the onion ring because we know it's less likely to kill us. So if we want to have any hope of being successful in navigating the complexity of the media and social media landscape, we do have to learn some new skills. And these skills are referred to as media literacy skills. Media literacy means having the ability to critically evaluate information and the ability to distinguish between the good stuff and the bad. It means you can probably tell the difference between a reliable source of information and one that more than likely isn't. Luckily, there are resources out there that can help us to do our own research. There are several fact-checking organizations that do this on a daily basis. Now, I'm not going to tell you that they don't have their own biases as well, but I think that if you go to two or even three different fact-checking sources and they all agree that any particular piece of information is either true or false, then you can probably assume it's so. These organizations investigate the information itself as well as the source of the information and they usually have access to primary sources of information. They analyze the data and can usually provide us with evidence-based assessments of the facts in question. A simple Google search for fact-checking organizations brings up a whole list of sites to visit. PolitiFact, FactCheck.org, and Snopes are just a few. The Associated Press even has its own fact-checking group. I'm not going to recommend any of them over any of the others. But what I do want to do is recommend that we all get into the habit of using multiple and diverse sources of news and information so that we're exposed to multiple viewpoints. This can help us to break out of that echo chamber. Being exposed to a different side of the story will give us a more comprehensive understanding of the actual stories behind the stories. Now let's talk about bias. What is bias? 
Well, basically, it's a subconscious tendency to lean toward one side over another on any given topic. Biases involve preconceived notions and prejudices that shape our thoughts, opinions, and attitudes, which in turn can direct our actions, which could lead to an inaccurate or unfair judgment or decision-making process. Bias affects everything in our life, from love, work, to our religious and political views. And if we know it exists, then we can be on the lookout to make sure that we aren't allowing our biases or the biases of others to override the truth. Now here are some common biases that can affect our ability to perceive news and process information. First, there's confirmation bias. We all have the tendency to look for, interpret, and remember information in such a way that it confirms our preconceived ideas while dismissing anything else that would be contradictory. And then there's selection bias. This goes back to the algorithms that I mentioned earlier. This is when social media companies, news outlets, and people in general selectively present or consume only certain types of information. And this can lead us to only have one side of the story. There's another type of bias called availability bias. This is when we tend to rely on readily available evidence or examples that come to mind easily when we make a decision about something that may or may not be true. If something is easier to access and is more frequently repeated, it can mess with our perception of truth. And what about anchoring bias? This is when we latch on to the first thing we hear or see and then base our perception and judgment of everything that comes afterward against it. And then there's bias by source. We all have our go-to for news and information, whether it be CNN, Fox News, NPR, or Newsmax. We tend to favor one over the others and automatically give more credence to what they present and tend to view the others as less trustworthy. And we normally make these selections because we feel like they align with our beliefs and our values. But this means we run the risk of accepting something as true or false based on the source of the data as opposed to its factual accuracy. And the list of biases goes on. There's framing bias, political bias, and cultural bias. You get the picture. The important thing is, is that we are aware of the biases and that we look for them in our news sources as well as within ourselves when we form our own opinions about whether something is true. And if we get into the habit of doing this, then it's less of a blow to our ego when a new piece of information comes along that forces us to reconsider our own beliefs and opinions on any issue. Now I think I've gone on long enough for this episode. And I think it's time to stop here. But don't worry, I think This is one of those topics that we can revisit and dig deeper into in future episodes. We can talk some more about bias, and then we can get into the fun stuff and discuss some of the conspiracy theories that seem to be all the rage these days. And for that, I'd like for you to get involved 
Do you have any conspiracy theories that you'd like for me to explore and talk about? I'm thinking it would be fun to do an episode where I talk about your suggestions on your favorite conspiracy theories. Just email me your suggestions at secondwindpodcast.reply at gmail.com. I'll be making a list of your suggestions, and when I have enough, I'll do some research and we'll make an episode based on your input. I hope you found today's topic thought-provoking and a good use of your time, and I'm looking forward to visiting with you again in next week's episode. Remember, I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so be on the lookout. And until then, stay well.